Yeah, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Men's Mental Health Show. We've got a pretty special guest today, but before we introduce her, I'd like to uh, introduce our uh, regular members of the team. I shouldn't really have them sitting next to each other, but good morning, Beatty, and good morning, Blue. Where are you going to go first? Morning, all. <laughs> You're going to go. Sorry. This has started already. Sorry. Um, it's not really a challenge to get in before Beatty did anything. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you. I should have actually had Zoe sitting in the middle. I just sent her a moment ago just to keep these two apart. How was your weekend, gentlemen? Oh, look, it was uh, um, good in parts, like the Parsons egg. Um, yeah, that's, that's an old saying. Yeah. Um, probably fly over the head of Zoe, but um, really. <laughs> and myself. And yourself. Re- really, really good. Um, I was just saying to Blue, I went for a walk. Um, to went into our village um, via the bush trails from um, Queen Elizabeth Drive, which we're going to now oh, change yes. to King Billy Drive. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, sick of the Queen. Um, <laughs> we're done with the Queen. Um, <laughs> any vestiges of the old colonial past, get rid of it. You know, we've got to bring back our um, Black Lives Matter. Um, King Billy was uh, an Aboriginal man um, down in Megalong, a uh, very uh, influential sort of kind of leader and member uh, you know, uh, of his gathering and clan. Yeah. And I think we've got to name the mountains much more uh, uh, true to its Gundungurra and Darug and Wiradjuri roots. So, mm. yeah, it's all Look, um, that's a fantastic point. In fact, I did a horrible thing uh, this morning. Uh, Gary, the chief, was meant to be on. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I actually said to him, I said, look, it'd be great to have you on. And then I, I wrote a message to say, look, there's a change of plans. I've got a young lady who I've been wanting to get on for some time um, who we'll talk about in just a moment. And um, I wrote this out. I said, uh, I'll need you to take one for the team, Gaz, because I was also going to have uh, an Aboriginal elder come on, David King, um, funnily enough, mm-hmm. um, pardon the pun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, who better to have on than the chief uh, because of, you know, how mm-hmm. he acknowledges our Indigenous and he shows so much respect towards them. And I didn't press send. So I wrote the message, but I didn't press send. And Gaz has turned up. And I felt horrible. I just, you know, I'm still feeling sick in the stomach, you know, from, from doing that. But a terrific topic and a terrific point because we speak about Black Lives Matter is going on. It's all lives matter. Um, and it's a terrible thing that is happening over there. Um, you know, I just, um, for mine, I can't believe that you could have one leader to divide a nation such as that who really lets go from the onset, who said he'd make America great again. It's never been in such disarray. Um, and, uh, you know, the last time, I, I, the last time a, a, a leader of a nation hid in a bunker, well, we know who that was, don't we? Um, you know, I'm not saying he's anywhere near as bad as that, but it's certainly the opposite to what a brave man should be, and that's to show courage. Um, yep. So anyway, we, we'll perhaps talk about that in not next week, in a couple of weeks' time. But I'd like to move on now, of course, and in, um, uh, introduce a very special guest um, who I've been wanting to have on for some time, Zoe Taylor. Zoe, good morning. Morning. <laughs> You're quite soft as they speak right into the microphone. Good morning. Zoe, <laughs> Zoe, I put on the on the men's uh, page. She wrote a lovely bio um, about herself. Um, it's probably not a bad idea. Should I um, actually read it? Would you mind if I, yeah, I read that? Just just give me one moment. So I asked Zoe to uh, just say, uh, give me a little bit about herself, and it says, "My name's Zoe Taylor. I'm 19 years old. I grew up with many mental health problems, 
such as extreme depression, anxiety, mood disorders and bipolar. Growing up was very tough for me. I had a lot of people tell me that my younger days were going to be the best days of my life, which made me feel even worse because I was at an all-time low. I went to Thailand last year and did three months of teaching. This really helped me overcome a lot of personal setbacks because it's taught me small skills like patience, resilience and courage. I put myself into an environment that was well out of my comfort zone and I learned what, what works for me and what makes me happy. I've experienced many traumatic things in my life, such as bullying, suicide attempts, self-harm and have spent time in mental clinics. I'm proud to say that I'm slowly heading up and I'm ready to share my story with the world to help show those that there is a happy ending when you think there never will be. Wow. That's yeah. emotional hearing that. Yeah. It, it, how beautiful is that, boys? Yeah. It really is. It's oh, fantastic. That would make the uh, magnificent uh, inside leaf cover, you know, on a book. I'd, yeah. I'd pick it up and read it right through if I ever read a leaf like that, mate. At, <laughs> that's a terrific point, Blue. Yeah. And isn't it uh, just amazing that we, we talk about um, vulnerability and, and, and bringing ourselves forward to show some courage and strength and bravery. And that is all of it in one. You've showed us men or boys and um, older men of like of to do something like that. It takes enormous strength. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Okay. So what we like to do pretty much is to take us back to when, I guess, you first felt you know, you, you were different or mm-hmm. that you had um, an imbalance, if you like. I don't like saying um, uh, a mental problem or anything like I, I have BP2, which is more manic, bipolar. I'm more up than I am yeah. down. Um, but I say I live with BP2. It's just part of who I am. So when, when I guess when was the first sign, I guess, you thought that you recognised... Um, you know, something was different in your life? Um, well, my bipolar didn't come in until about year 12. Mm-hmm. But um, since year 8, I had, like, this day route. I just felt absolute shit. Um, and I didn't really know what it was. Like, I was so young. I didn't know what mental health was. They didn't mm. really, like... They taught us about it at school, but it wasn't massive. Mm. Um, and so I went and saw the school counsellor and she pretty much, like, just asked me a whole bunch of questions and just made me feel like, why did I come here? Like, I don't really want to just tell my life story, like, everything's fine. There's mm. just something that's making me feel a bit, like, bad every now and then. Mm. Um, and then after, like, two weeks of seeing her and just talking consistently about my feelings, um, there was no trigger for it. But um, she said that she thinks I have anxiety. And yeah. I was like, okay, like, cool. <laughs> mm. <laughs> don't know what anxiety is. So I, like, did the Google search, self-diagnosed myself. Um, and then, like, a week later, she was like, I think you also have extreme depression because it's not getting any better. And then that kind of freaked me out a bit because um, mm. then, like, when you look up depression on the internet, it's a big word. Mm. Um, mm. But then, yeah, after that, I was getting worse and worse. And, like, I couldn't take medication when I was younger. Right. Like, I hated tablets. <laughs> mm. So um, when my doctor first put me on antidepressants... I was really struggling with that, which made it like 10 times harder because mm. I felt like I couldn't physically get better without medication because that's kind of how he made me feel. Yes. But yeah, that's when I first noticed it. Uh, I want to turn to you, Bodhi, now um, and ask you when, 
you get either a young lady or a young man that comes to you. Is there a difference, first of all, um, it sounds like Zoe was, you know, from the very get-go prepared to talk openly about her feelings, which is, you know, enormous skill to have in, in one. I, I struggle today at 45 years of age. Do you notice a difference in it with, with young boys or girls when they're coming forward and, and, and you're seeing them... Uh, yeah, I, I think there is a difference. Um, of course, there's a difference. Um, um, <clears throat> I, I think what I was struck with, um, Zoe, I think what, you, what you're saying is that you, you went to see the counsellor. Um, was it kind of a good experience or, or did, you, no. did you feel <laughs> in, in the end that um, she was loading you up with ideas about who you are um, and that sort of became even more difficult? To, yeah. um, she didn't give you space to actually say, well, t- tell me what's, what's, what's happening for you. She, she was quickly motivated to say, well, you got this and you got that and, and suddenly you felt loaded up and, um, and it, over, it was a certain overwhelm. It became more, yeah. yeah, so... Well, yeah, it made me kind of question myself a bit more because she was asking me questions about, like, who's in my life, what's going on in my life, like, what I'm doing at school. And, I, like, everything was good in my life. So when she was asking that and I was saying, like, really good things, it made me question, like, why everything in my head is bad because she never really gave me, like, a solution. So, yeah, like, it was very overwhelming. Okay, okay, okay. Um, and, and, and I think that's, that, that, that is a, um, you know, we don't really know how to sit with people who, uh, like Zoe, that comes in. Mm. Um, all I can talk about is my experience. I had a young fellow come and see me who, who's um, uh, um, 17, he's in year 12, lo- local school up here. Um, and um, yeah, there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff going on in, in his life, uh, you know, divorce, and um, and he's trying to uh, get through year uh, year twelve. And um, and what we started talking about was, um, or what he started talking about is um, his 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 vision, um, mm. and um, and he's really excited about. Um, Astronomy, and um, and he started to to talk about what he could bring to the world um, as a significant sort of um, future um, skill set from his love of astronomy. Right. And immediately, all those depression and the worries and the sort of kind of you know difficulties of family life and that sort of stuff just fell away because he because he was telling me about what he what is becoming. Um, and and vision and then and then um, after that vision was articulated and and noted and we got both got excited as I was li- as we were listening mm. Um, mm. Um, then we could talk about so what's not quite working or what what, what are you a little bit unsure mm. about and how do you feel about all that sort of stuff so we didn't immediately leap into diagnosis and um, you know you need meds and mate, um, mm. let's get a plan and let's you know let's get all sort of hyper vigilant around you it's sort of sometimes it's a too much approach mm. sometimes it's too much action taking place isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah no absolutely um, we, we've got to warm up to each other for yeah. a start off in a, in a, in a counseling context. Mm. Um, um, you, you've got to sniff me out. I've got to sniff, sniff you. Oh, mm. Nose. Yeah. You know, but check, check each other out, if you like, and say, Is it, are you open to me? Um, and I think that that's... Um, I think that can, that's what defines a good counsellor from, or therapist from another. Look, you can't, you can't train that. Um, no. Um, you, you either got that ability to sit with another um, 
or, or you haven't. The, be, the best teachers, it's, it is a vocation. It's, mm. it's, not, um, mm. y, uh, it's not a career path. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, certainly people can grow into an, a, an understanding of something, so I'm not excluding that people can actually learn something. Uh, but you also got to have a vocational ability or a, a, um, a sense of something that's meaningful. Work, the great disconnection is not actually finding work that's meaningful, um, and that's a and that's a source of depression and anxiety if you can't find something that is a grab for you. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's really well said. I want to I want to bring Blue in in just a moment. <laughs> Hang on, hold your phone. He says because I want. Are you to share with us the uh, sabbatical, that trip that you did in Thailand, um, and what it, I guess what you really learnt from that, um, what you took away from it, because I think there's a lot of similarities there of of and uh, what Blue's experienced and, and what he can input here. So, tell us what happened in Thailand. What what brought you first of all to going there? What where did that idea come from? Um, in your Ten, I think it was. I did a trip to the Central Desert um, for school, and it was just like a week immersion. And we worked with um, Aboriginal communities. And my school was very big on service, like a lot of community service, where to meet like a standard requirement of hours. And that was um, it was very rewarding, and like it's not something that, for me personally, I wouldn't have done if I didn't have to. So being kind of forced into that made me appreciate it a bit more, if that makes sense. Yeah. But, yeah, after that trip, I really wanted to go somewhere during my gap year um, and do something for a bit longer. There was an option to go for the year, but I didn't really think that I had that in me to live overseas for a year. So I did three months. Before I did it, I had absolutely no intention of, like, being a teacher I didn't wow. really want to work in that field. I didn't have the patience for it. It's a big job. Um, but then working with kids who didn't even know like their own language, let alone English, was quite difficult. But it was... I really liked the challenge part of it. And I don't it's, normally like challenges. So that it's, was empowering. Me. <laughs> it's empowering, isn't it? I'd yeah, imagine it, was, it would have been so rewarding. So yeah, I felt like I was learning just as much as them and that was important Beautiful, for me because yeah. I've never really appreciated education mm. and like once I left school, I finally did. Um, so not the right time to start appreciating it, but I yeah. did eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now I want to be a teacher. All right. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah it is. It's inspirational. Yeah, mm. yeah. Blue, you mm. dealt with a lot in, in your over 50 years of service in, in the military with people that first start off out of their comfort zone I guess it's an extremely foreign feeling that a lot of these people would have you know the ambiguity would have been enormous how did you go about that when you saw perhaps this person here might need a little bit more attention or you know I think like uh, you know good 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 teachers or leaders in any field and certainly in the army you um, you start to very quickly you know pick up pick up cues mm. and you know particularly when I would run you know one of the 110 8,000 adventure training things that I've done I can just tell by the way people relate to each other in the bus how they're talking and the tone they use which ones are going to 
not so much cause me a problem, but which ones might need that little bit of subtle extra attention. Mm. Mm. And um, we've got our, our extended family because I, you know, as you know, married into an Irish Catholic family, and they breed pretty well. <laughs> so they're all up and down the east coast of Australia, and a lot of them are teachers. And mm. interestingly enough, one of the nephews I get on really well with, despite the fact that he's a Richmond Tigers supporter. <laughs> we all have faults. Um, he, he's now a very good, by all accounts, uh, school counsellor, but he's come from, you know, a uh, you know frontline teaching background. I think that's that's really important too, because mm. mm. uh, in in the army, our our psychs are all all commissioned officers, and they parachute them in off the street. They don't have they haven't been soldiers, and uh, you know it's a real it's a real problem, and they um, you know bring their view of the world to the army but they're like literally on Friday they're a civilian qualified degreed psych and on Monday they're counselling soldiers and a lot of them don't have a smick and uh, you know like that famous expression they don't know what they don't know. Mm. I think the difference in teaching is certainly in my um, you know my my nephew's example up in Coffs um, you know he's he spent time in the trenches with the troops and as a teacher and then he, uh, you know, made the jump to a school counsellor and psych, and he's apparently pretty good in that field. And uh, that makes such a huge difference, you know. If mm. you've, if you've taught and um, you know you've mixed with kids as a teacher, and then you go and do a, you know, professional psych degree, which he's done, and then uh, you know you get into that counselling field, you just learn to pick up, you know, cues and signal, and and you have street cred too. I think with the both the, you know, the. Um, the young people that you're teaching and certainly with the other teachers, you know, rather than just getting, like, you know, parachuted into a job that you really don't know much about. So, mm. yeah. Um, it's interesting. It's yeah, just a matter of, you know, reacting to, to signals and, you know, the last thing you want to do is come in as, as Eddie the expert and I hate those sort of people. Mm. I detest them and I've come across mm. so many of them, you know, like there's, you know, people that, you know, definitely just like the sound of their own voice and, you know, I sometimes say to them, mate, if I tape that thing and run it back to you, I think you would go to your grave embarrassed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, um, but, you know, it's like, it's like Bodhi was saying before, I think one of the, you know, the most um, valuable things that you can bring into the world is a sense of empathy, you know, how other people are feeling and dealing with that. And I, you know, say to our adventure training leaders, and I've trained thousands of them, if you don't have empathy, find something else to do. Mm. You know, you're not mm. going to be a good adventure training leader. You know, there's a lot of stuff just going to happen underneath you and around you and beside mm. you, and you won't even see it. So, if you know, if you can't relate to people, there's the door. You're in the wrong game. I was quite brutal with them, mm. and um, you know, weeded out quite a few people who, you know, as long as their eyes pointed to the ground, they were never going to make effective leaders uh, yeah, in they, that field. I mean, like Zoe doing the three months in Thailand, and mm. and you know, these people were cadets, I guess, as they first come in on the shore, mm. but just how much you start to learn about yourself mm. um, is an enormous thing. Yeah, yeah definitely. And, you know, yeah. it's a real surprise to some people. At, um, Duntroon at, you know, the Royal Military College, which is, you know, you can go there, um, you know, straight after, straight after year 12 and a year and a half later, they, you know, raid the cornflake pack and you're an officer. <laughs> but about three months in, um, for some years now, they've had this great program, and I think it'll be really effective at schools too. You know, at year yeah. twelve level, um, Zoe might throw a shoe at me and say that's bullshit. <laughs> but at uh, Duntroon, they have this great program where they've been there for you know three months, and a lot of them think you know they're pretty bloody flesh. And they have this uh, program that's run by the cadets for the cadets, and they call it Rater Mate. 
Okay. And they sit them all down in a room and there's about 90 of them by this stage because they've already lost a few because they've had about, you know, six weeks in the bush at uh, Madura in Canberra. And they say, you know, Smithy, what do you reckon about Blogsy? And they say, Blogsy, he's a flog, he's an idiot. The only <laughs> one that doesn't know it's him. Yeah. You know, and uh, what do you think about Mary? Oh, Mary's good, you know, she, she pitches in and, you mm. know, when we go bush and, you know, mm. we go and, you know, do a water run, she'll make sure that she takes everyone's water bottle and not just her own. She's okay. Mm. You know, and then... Um, the cadets sit down with this review of the, uh, you know, what their mates think of them and it just floors them, you know, mm. because there's a lot of particularly, mm. uh, you know, like uh, only children that have raised, been raised to be a little bit precious in the family and they bring, and I'm sure we all know them, you know, these precious people who really think that the world was created for them and, you know, yeah. nothing, <laughs> nothing, you know, dare not, you know, challenge my view of the world. Because what they think, and, and I think there's close parallels to, to the school environment as well, just talking to my nephew, is um, uh, it's okay to think, oh, you know, my parents don't get me, the teachers don't get me, you know, uh, that's all their fault, they're all idiots, what would they know, you know? Mm. Um, but, you know, surely all my, all my schoolmates, they all know me, they all get me and they all like me, but, you know, maybe they don't. You know, maybe they can see something in you that you mm. can't. Yeah. And uh, these... Um, I won't call them kids, you know, these cadets at uh, Duntroon, they can only go one of two ways from there. And it's really interesting because that's when we get them for the adventure training phase, when a lot of them have been gutted um, when they learn that, you know, 99 of their cadet mates all think they're a flog and they have to deal with that. Yeah. And they can so either, they can either lift, they, they can, you know, give themselves a, you know, an uppercut and a stern look in the mirror. Um, and, and they can, you know, start to change, work out why people think that of them or they just say, it's all too hard, you're all idiots um, and they bail and mm. they just leave the environment and mm. you'd argue that they might spend the next 10 or 15 years thinking that the planet's going to revolve around them. Sooner mm. or later, you know, life is a big, thick cricket bat and it's going to smack them in the head mm. and, you mm. know, they will change because the world just don't, you know, just can't tolerate those people. They become, you know, presidents of the US but they're not much good to anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, then uh, change is a really, really difficult thing until you understand, and uh, we'll probably hear from Bodie on this, it's got to come from within, you know, no, no solution can be externally applied. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I just, I'm just blown away by the fact that, you know, you would think from the wisdom that Zoe's displaying that, you know, there's not a four or a five before that digit nine, you know, she's it, 19 for Christ's sake. Exactly. She's displaying wisdom and, 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 was, and knowledge about herself that you'd expect from a bloody 50-year-old Absolutely. Mate. Yeah. You know, and I, I like to talk well to said. it. We've got to go, and very well said, because I, I, I want to, we have to go to a break, just a moment, but I, I want you to talk or share about the bullying and, and you know, because that's built you today as you are the strength you've built strength from that you've learned tools from that such as what blue was sharing um so after the break we might talk a little bit about that and your anxiety and i guess what brought about that change into making you who you are today because you're a phenomenal person zoe and we'll talk a bit later in the show about some of the things that you'd like to do and that's i, I bring it up often the art of giving and and this mental health app you're looking at creating, and also the walk. Um, you're with the Men's Mental Health Show. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi there, my name's Keith Ward from the Valley Heights Rail Museum, long-time resident of Springwood. I'm a proud supporter and follower and listener to Radio Blue Mountains. 89.1, isn't it? It is 89.1 on your FM dial. 
I love waking up to music in the mornings. So I tune into Ron Green's breakfast show Monday to Friday from 7 till 9am on Radio Blue Mountains 89.1 FM. And welcome back, everyone, to the Men's Mental Health Show. I, um, but I also should mention my sponsors, um, Noel Pope and the Greater Lawson Community down there at the post office. Thank you. And to my good friend out at uh, Mounties, Dale Hunt. And it's good to see the clubs and pubs are back open again. I think, um, yes. I think a lot of people have missed that more than anything during the, uh, the ISO stay or time that uh, we had off. Um, with uh, Bodie Marsden, psychotherapist, um, uh, Blue Phillips, um, uh, former uh, general for the uh, military, over 50 years service. And our guest today, of course, is Zoe Taylor. Now, before we went to the break, we were talking um, about, you know, this, when it first came up, these signs of, you know, depression or anxiety. Um, and, of course, your counsellors, they all, you know, they turn immediately to... Um, which, it, it's not necessarily wrong. I mean, I've tried it. I've, I've tried it three different times um, for antidepressants. But unfortunately, they're not... It's not really for myself. More my, my condition's more of a mood stabiliser that it requires... Um, and a lot of hard work, self-work yourself. Um, tell me about uh, uh, bullying. First of all, I want to know about when the bullying started, what was it about, and what do you think schools could be doing better to prevent bullying? I mean, look, it, and just before you go ahead, every time we see something, what, what beats the living crap out of me is, is when you see a fight at school, 30 people standing around with their phones, and they're all recording it. It's like it's a good thing, yeah. It's like, exactly. Um, so tell me, what, what, when did bullying first come up for you? Um, I had like a few incidents in primary school, but I think that was just immaturity. <laughs> um, and then in high school, obviously like girls are very hormonal and moody and they kind of take that out on other people. Boys' schools are not as much... There's not as much bullying going on there because guys just kind of let it slide. I've noticed mm. a bit between, like... Well, that's between, like, who the people I know. Whereas girls, they hold on to grudges and you do one small thing and the next few and years... it's passed on. You're and miserable. On. Yeah. It's um, horrible. Mm. So one thing I kind of had to deal with with that is just always being the bigger person which gets really frustrating to, at one point because you're not in the wrong. Mm. And so when I had to continuously say sorry for something that I wasn't doing wrong, it was um, really like dehumanising. Mm. Um, Demoralising. Yeah. Mm. And I just didn't feel like... Like my really close friends, whenever they'd like turn against me, I'd feel like I wasn't really loved or valued mm. Um, mm. with them which is a really bad feeling because they're the people that you trust and who you go to if you have any problems. Mm. So, and I always think, like, one thing I've, like, really learned from it is if people can't love you in your worst moments, they can't love you in your best. Um, very well said. So with bullying, there's, like, there's girls being mean and then there's girls being consistently mean. Mm. And, like, I've had issues with, like, boys being mean to me as well. Um, that's just part of adolescence. Mm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. With girls, it just hits a lot harder. And mm. it's um, a bit of... It helps you... Well, it makes you think there's a bit of a setback in your life. 
You isolate, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Um, and I wasn't close with my like parents when I was in high school. So mm. I had my little sister. She was quite young. I didn't really want to involve her in all that. So it was, yeah, it was very lonely and quite difficult. Mm. You have that feeling of, uh, once again, where we talk about being a burden of, you know, if you're to talk to a friend, if, if that's only going to be bringing them down or, or you know, do they really want to hear my issues, mm. you know, which makes it, makes it really tough, you know. Boats. You get a lot of um, adolescents, child, children coming in and that have been bullied. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about that? What's Look, it, it's, it's such an interest, uh, int- <laughs> why do I use the word interesting? It's such a, uh, a difficult um, reality that, um, that happens. Um, and I've been reading Johan Hari's book, Lost Connections, um, mm. and um, he, he had a depression um, history uh, with a lot of medication. And in his 30s, he thought, I'm over the medication, I'm done with that. I've got to find a way of understanding why we get depressed and, and anxious. Um, now, what he was most upset about was the, um, the idea that he had a faulty chemical composition in his brain and that the medication was required to address the um, chemical um, uh, imbalance that had occurred. Um, so he always thought that, hey, I've, got a, I've got a problem brain. But actually, what he, in his research, what he began to understand is that um, we suffer depression and anxiety when the context that we are in is no longer serving us. And bullying is one of the most powerful um, forms of disconnection from your mob. So um, if, you, if your status in your community um, or your school um, is attacked uh, by bullying, um, then you, get, you start to feel very low status um, and that raises your cortisol levels um, so you become hypervigilant um, and you invite depression and depression and anxiety becomes p- sort of part of that reality. Explain to us cortisol levels. For a well, moment, cortisol sorry. is one of the... Chem- uh, you know, our brain does have a lot of chemical... Um, um, as Zoe pointed out, there's a lot of hormones. Mm. Um, so, um, so when we get stressed, uh, cortisol is a, is a stress hormone that actually primes us for fight or flight. Um, and if you're in, in too much of that, um, you, you inevitably, um, beg- your adrenals begin to become exhausted and you end up actually sort of feeling un- under attack, um, psychological attack. Um, so um, finding reconnection is a crucial sort of part of actually sort of feeling better. And, um, and, and so bullying has to really be challenged um, because it does cause a profound disconnect. Mm. Of, um, and we're not very good at actually handling conflict or finding conflict resolution sort of techniques or management um, as, as a way of coexistence. Because naturally, um, you know, we, we are aroused by each other um, um, in ways that, um, you know, can be a bit challenging. So, so, so ha- the teaching of conflict resolution mm. um, should be a normal part of classroom activity because yeah. it's a training. It's a training to coexist yes. uh, together. And if we don't do that well... Um, uh, then people, there's going to be casualties. Mm. Um, and mm. Zoe points to bullying as a significant um, uh, increase in loneliness. Um, and, mm. and, and, and then you start to fall into, there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. And, then, and then suddenly you're feeling depressed and, and anxious. So it's a fat, great thing that, you, that you've brought in. And I'd be very interested to hear from you, Zoe, um, um, at what point you began to actually say to yourself, 
this ain't about me. Um, uh, the, 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 this is a context I'm in, and I need to find another way of um, uh, growing my own resilience. Mm. So I don't buy into this idea that there's something Great wrong with point. me. Well, um, I moved schools. Great. It's a fresh yeah. start. Yeah, yeah change great. Change your environment. Change, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. change the context. Yeah, a bit yeah. of an extreme approach. But like, I wanted to move schools at the start of year 11, and I was kind of like, oh, I'm too close to the end. I want to graduate with my year group that I've been with since year seven. Um, and then end of year 11, I was like, no, nah, <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> um, and the school I went to in year 12, like, I had like two friends. It was a um, very different environment. It was kids from, well, I went from a private school to a public school. So like completely different um, mm. attitudes towards learning and like our environment um, and just life really. Mm. At um, private schools, you notice there's a lot of stuck-up kids mm. who think that they're top shit and <laughs> they think they're amazing. Um, and they kind of, like, their small problems become your big problems because if something goes wrong in their life, mm. they take it out on you. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. They expel it, it. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of where bullying starts as well with the so-called, like, popular kids. That was the stigma. Yeah. Um, mm. I called them the big timers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was I was friends with them all, but I was I, I sort of jumped around from group to group. That's it. Yeah. I well, didn't in really year twelve, know. everyone like I noticed I'd left the school, but everyone became like very buddy buddy. Um, yeah. And there was no like people that were superior anymore. They were all friends. Yeah. I don't know what it was about year twelve, but everyone just kind of grew up and came together all of a sudden. Do you think that maybe it's because in a lot of schools, I'm, I'm not one to talk because I left in my first week of year twelve, that the role really is that you guys are to be looked up upon. You're the senior student, utmost senior student, yeah. but also too, it's that we're all in this together mindset of you know we've got two seriously lots of exams that we have to get through this year yeah it's a stressful year it is so it's uh, there's more i think camaraderie would be a a better word for it wouldn't you say it's kind of like mental health actually um like everyone that has struggles they all feel like well i'd like to think they all feel like they're together same with year 12 you're all doing the hsc at the end of the year you all come together it's wonderful wonderful now, let's just move on to something completely different. Okay. Now, when I first met you, I think it was Shannon Evans. Uh, Shannon, for those that know, Shannon uh, has created the Walk and Talks all across New South Wales. I think it's up to about 25, could be 27. He's a remarkable man. He played NRL for Manly, um, has his own gym business down there at uh, Manly Beach. And he, his first one was just to walk from Manly up to North Stain or Queenscliff. Um, and it, it was his birthday slash engagement party, I think it was. And, and you were working at the bar. And I went and got a couple of drinks and said day, And that's how we started a conversation. And I told you that um, I work or have a radio show. And you said, oh, I'd like to know more about it. It wasn't long after that where you said, look, I really like to create for adolescents a mental health app. Why'd, where did you get that idea from? Why did that come up? Well, obviously, there's a lot of apps out there like Headspace, um, which I use quite often. Mm. Um, a lot of mindfulness, meditations, all that stuff. Yeah, it's good to an extent, but I wanted to create something that 
you could customize to the person because mm. I wanted to create something that I wish I had when I was younger. Mm. Um, so kind of directing it towards their hobbies, what actually helps them instead of just like meditations about pretend you're at the beach, pretend it's raining, just listen to the sounds. <laughs> Go to your happy place. Exactly. <laughs> Isn't like, she unreal though? Yeah, sometimes they'll be like, pretend you're running along the beach and some kid will be like, I hate running. Like, this is a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like a sport's a massive thing for me. Yeah. Um, it's something that, like when we did the three sisters walk today, <laughs> I like I have a bit of stuff going on in my life at the moment. I didn't think about that for a second because I was in so much goddamn pain. When she arrived here, struggling. When she arrived here, her legs are shaking. I said, "Are you are you really cold?" She said, "No, I'm sore from walking up the steps." Oh, it's walking down that kills you. Walking oh, yeah. up is fine. Yeah. Oh, we got yeah. like Parkinson's walking down. <laughs> horrible. So did you go um, down the giant stairs and up the further steps, or vice versa? Or we always? went down and up the giant stairway. We didn't okay. read that it was a giant stairway. <laughs> we just thought it was a few steps down. Even <laughs> locals know not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you've got to do it once, don't you, before you learn. Yeah, I, I was good. telling... Zoe, that uh, she must do the, the Wentworth Falls if it's reopened. Do you know if that's reopened at all since the track has had work done on it? I'm not no, sure. Maybe the Charles Darwin, no, it's still closed. It's still closed. Yeah. And well, then the other one, of course, is Govett's Leap, but you won't have time today because you've got to get back and pick up your nieces and nephews for the school run. But Govett's Leap's a terrific um, place to go to, particularly after we've had rain, you know, and, and mm. if wind gets in that gorge, it, the waterfalls go upwards. Um, there was something I wanted to say also too. If anyone's got a question or w- would like to ask uh, Zoe or perhaps has some input, don't forget that you can contact me on 0404 Blue, got anything you want to add to, to that? Or? Yeah, not, not, not prying maybe, just so we got context here. As all this was going on when you were at school um, and you made that, you know, again courageous jump you know like in year 11 to do year 12 in another school and in another schooling system um what was your um parental home support base like did you get any uh support encouragement there is that where your wellspring of courage comes from um at first like when i first started noticing issues within my head um my mum was very like i don't know what's going on and she didn't really know how to deal with it. But I think as it got worse over the years and then when the decision came that I wanted to move schools, she was one of the most supportive people around me. And because I was moving from Montier to um, Bradfield, I had to drop a few subjects. Um, so then I wasn't getting an ATAR. Um, and my dad was very like, no, you need to get an ATAR. And um, mum was very supportive of me because... Like, well, we've been, since you're seven, all they talk about is ATARs. Like, what ATAR are you going to get? How are you going to work towards it? Um, so that's why Dad was very oriented towards that way. Um, but, yeah, Mum kind of said, because, like, that was a really rough year for me, year 12. Um, and Mum was like, at the end of the day, Zoe's health is the most important thing. If she can't do an ATAR, don't put that stress on her. Hmm. Um, and that was a big thing for me. Um, Especially because I ended up in a, um, I don't know what to call it, like a mental institution. A clinic. Sure. I don't like <laughs> that. That's uh, something where we fly over the cookies nest. What, a mental institution? Yes. No, uh, that's, look, I just think it's a really awful word, institution. It just makes um, it sound dumb. I, I, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, I, 
in the last five years, I've often gone there just to refresh and up on my mm. skills. Um, I, I might go in there because there's a lot of CBT and even CBT, you know, cognitive behavioural therapy and dialectable DBT behavioural therapy, um, which, you know, I find is good to sharpen up on my skills. But you can get that by seeing a therapist more uh, intensively, but clinic is a better word. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I went to this <laughs> clinic. <laughs> um, it was a really intense program. I was in there for three weeks. There are some kids that are in there for, like, months. Um, and you pretty much... There's three sessions a day, and then during the breaks you have, like, morning tea, lunch, and then afterwards you can go to the gym, do whatever. You can't leave, which kind of sucked because you felt mm. really isolated in there. Um, and for me, like, I'm a person that likes to be outdoors, so it was a bit limiting to that. But I used the gym a lot, which was new because oh, I wow. don't like exercising. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Yeah, it was very emotionally intense, and this was three weeks before my HSC. So I got out the day before my first exam. Um, So that's why no ATAR was really important for me to kind of... Just Mm. kind of... It's not that it wasn't... The HSC wasn't important. It took a little bit of extra stress off because I was going to get my individual marks for each subject, and that was based off what I did during the year. That wasn't... Because the overall mark, like, sums up all your marks together yeah. and I don't like that I like seeing the individual marks I don't like them all together because like some subjects you lack in and that's not really fair yeah. that you're then judged based off a number for them all together mm. but um yeah I was like trying to study in the last few days for my English exam and mum was just like to me don't just mm. it's don't put that extra stress on yourself you know what you know you're not going to learn anything more in three days like if you've done the study you're prepared Mm. um Mm. and i was prepared for it i did really well in english actually um and i was quite proud of myself because i knew in the front of my mind that no matter what my mark was i had a hell of a year Mm. um and so the fact that i even sat the exam was just a massive milestone for me wow which is a weird thing to say because like i never thought that I'd be struggling to sit an exam. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, you wow. could have thrown your hands up and said it's all too hard and there would have been people that said, oh, yeah, that's the right call, but at least you, yeah. you know, had the guts to, to sit through it. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, like you, when you, um, you know, you read, um, you know, books on, you know, famous business people and those that have really made their mark in life, their school results are bloody irrelevant. Mm. You know, and some of them, like inverted commas, sort of crashed out of school and... You know, they're inspirational leaders in their field and they just have this, um, you know, kind of platform that life's given them. And when they look back, they look at their school years and a lot of people say, well, you know, Mm. I started learning when I left school. I think, you know, you need to say, look, you know, it's always very difficult to um, get some young people to understand that. They're probably not in your case, you know. Like I used to tell some, you know, junior officers when I want them to focus on what kind of person they were going to be, you know, you 65, 70, sitting, you know, in front of a nice warm fire with a glass of whiskey or something, reflecting on your life. What kind of life has that been? What decisions have you made that kind of got you to a spot where you feel that you're comfortable with your life? And, you know, like when you're, you're, you know, 70 like me and Bodie, your school results don't feature in the conversation about yourself or Mm. with yourself, you know what I mean? It's just Mm -hmm. part of who you are and... Like, I didn't 
I didn't like school. I didn't rate school. I couldn't get out of there quick enough. Yeah. And, uh, you know, um, I remember I was only in primary school. One of our teachers said, oh, you know, young Mary's doing very well at her sums in arithmetic because she's interested. And um, my old man gave me a bit of a clip around the ear because I um, – and it came up in my school report. I got dobbed in by the teacher, dobbing bastard. Um, <laughs> when, when this teacher was wrapping up this girl because she was doing well at her sums because she was interested, I put my hand up and said, if I'm not interested, can I go home now? <laughs> You, you were. I, I was in about grade three, and she said, "No, you, you can't. You have to sit there and put up with it." I, th- I thought that was my way out. You, know? you were little Johnny, weren't you? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. All those little, all those little Johnny jokes, mate. They've just changed the name. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, add something, sorry, mm. about that amount of courage that you, it's changing the schools, and you know, you say that year twelve was a hell of a year. Because I took the easy way out. I left school. And when I left, I went straight into the workforce. But I missed out on so many things. It's probably one of the... You know, I've made so many mistakes in my life. I don't really refer to those mistakes as regrets. Um, But if I have to refer to that mistake as a regret, I probably would. Um, You know, it was a horrible time in my life. My parents were separating and, um, you know, I didn't know whether I was Arthur or Martha of going from here to there. It it just wasn't a good time of my life. So I can really, um, you know, I really know where you were at at that stage. And, you know, huge kudos to you for for having that strength. Good on you. I think Mm. a massive thing as well with decisions that you make in your life, it's not really about what happens in your life. It's kind of about how you react to them Mm. because that's the game changer. Because some, like a lot of things you can't control mm. and your reaction to it is going to be that control. Yeah. You can choose whether it hurts you, you can choose whether people hurt you. It's literally all a mindset. That's like the one thing that I've said for the past like two years. Everything is a mindset. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You choose your attitude. What's your, um, what's your relationship like with your mum and dad now? It's really good. There you go. I mm. adore my parents. My mum's a cutie. She's really short. <laughs> and my dad's really tall, so there's a bit of a balance there. But, yeah, she's adorable. Isn't yeah. that wonderful? Excellent. And I'm very close yeah. to my younger sister now. She's yeah. kind of growing up a bit. She's in year 11 now. And yeah. we just tell each other absolutely everything. So what's the age difference between you two, mate? She's about to turn 17 and I'm 19. Okay. So mm-hmm. I like to say three years, but she likes to say two. Yeah. <laughs> so interesting, you know, as you're um, growing up, I've got a sister 17 months uh, younger than me and... When I was growing up, you know, you, you kind of feel that that's, you know, 15 years. Like, you know, when you're in yes. grade four, for example, you know, someone's in grade six, oh, that's another planet away. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're growing up, like we've got friends that are, you know, 15 years, 20 years younger than us, 15, 20 years older than us. You know, yeah. we're all just people, you know. So age, yeah, right. um, the significance of age diminishes as you get old. So I think you, yeah, um, you I would think, would be a tremendous asset for your, you know, your, your younger sister. And it's good that you've got a you know, a good relationship with your folks because a lot of people that have come through and done the, you know, the hard grind like you've done, one of the things that they jettison or or they're jettisoned by is their folks. So, you know, it's good that you got that, um, you know, family support and that relationship with your, your folks and your, and your sister now. So that can only be a good platform for you to, you know, help take your life wherever you want to take it, mate. Yeah, well, my younger sister's definitely mature, but she's still a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah, we'll get there eventually. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. There's, there's a great expression I like, you know. They, they say it might have come from the ancient Greeks or the Chinese, but it doesn't matter. It's such a such an important thing, you know, where, you know, blokes are having a conversation with this um, this bloke that's um, 
you know, he's 17 years old and he's running his dad down and dad's a fool and he's a clown, he's an idiot and he wouldn't have two bloody parts of a brain to rub together and they have the same conversation in four years' time, you know, the boy's now 21 and they said, oh, hey, you getting on with your dad, mate? He says, oh, yeah, dad's pretty good, you know, he's grown up a lot in the last four years. <laughs> 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 oh, you're a clown. Oh, I love you to bits. Uh, oh. Zoe, I really like um, your uh, thinking about the app. That um, Instead of looking at generic solutions, you know, one size fits all, mm. you're looking for individual solutions that is pertinent to the person in discussion yeah. um, who's looking for something. And I think you're right on the money. You're right on, on um, um, an exploration of... Um, whole lots of ideas that, that that person could say, that's a grab, gee, that works, mm. uh, rather than having to buy into a generic solution. So spot on. Well done. And I think, I think Bodes won't mind me in saying this, that if you need to ask questions or advice when developing that, he'd be a terrific person to, to, to call, as would Blue. So, you know, once... Now that you know the both of them, it's... It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. It's about <laughs> who you know, and we, haven't we said that from the beginning? Yeah. Okay, you're with the Men's Mental Health Show. We'll be back in a moment. Um, yeah, we're with uh, Bodie Marson, Blue Phillips, and, of course, our guest, Zoe Taylor. Zoe Taylor, I beg your pardon. Paul's Boutique. An exploration, a musical journey. Wander from room to room, look in high and low places. Browse and explore dusty boxes of LPs. Various music, past and present, jazz and funk, blues and disco, reggae and soul, mixes and matches. 6 to 8, every Tuesday, Radio 89.1, RBN. With the Men's Mental Health Show, and uh, we're back with uh, Bodie Marsden, psychotherapist, uh, Blue Phillips, and our guest, Zoe Taylor. Just before we go any further, um, I, I must mention this, that uh, the chief, who I felt so bad about this morning because I doubled up and I forgot to send a message. I actually wrote a message, but I didn't press send. Um, so just wanted to mention that the chief is doing a drive for the children's hospital. Uh, it's the Play-Doh drive. Um, so there'll be some more information that'll come up on uh, my page as well as um, uh, Chief Inspector or C capital I N S P. Um, that's his page, but um, you'll, you'll see that through my page, and that's the Play-Doh drive for the children's hospital. We actually said they raised enough money last year that they had enough Play-Doh for the kids for the entire year so they could actually put money into other things but of course once they touch the play-doh it has to be thrown out because of you know to say for infection reasons and whatnot um especially now we've got COVID as well um don't forget uh, also too uh, andrew wilson uh, aka buster chai has the men's uh, walk and talk mid mountains men's walk and talk and that's on a thursday at 6 p.m they meet at mesa Barre, um I think it is, or Barrio uh, there in Lawson. Uh, so get uh, get yourself down there. And, of course, a big thanks to my sponsors, Noel Pope and, uh, and Mounties Group, Dale Hunt. 
Um, I want to uh, just move into now, like we've talked about the app. You, you came up with another terrific idea. There's a lot of organisation behind that, so it's perhaps a good opportunity here whilst you know, we're, we're, we're using the radio station um, and then we put this into a podcast and that can be served across different platforms. Uh, and being from Fairlight, Manly area... Oh, is this the walk? Yeah. Okay, I had no idea what you are talking about. Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, I often do this. So <laughs> tell me a bit about this. You wanted to do a walk, say, from Palm Beach to Long Reef. Where did this idea come about and, where, and what's the cause for? Um, well, when I drive to the Spit Bridge, there's always, like, this big sign that says walk for mental health. Um, mm. I always think, like, that's such a great idea. Um, I think that's Shannon Nevin. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Um, Obviously, it's one of those things where people feel alone. Mm. So when you're in a mass of people and you can talk to other people, whether it's about how you feel, whether it's just normal conversation, you feel part of a community mm -hmm. um, and you're all, like, doing it for a good cause. Um, and, yeah, I wanted to raise a bit of money for, like, Headspace. Or, I don't know. I haven't really, like, thought mm. about the institutions that much. I'm kind of more just trying to think about organising it. But... um. Mm. I wanted to do Palm Beach, like, Manly or something, but I knew I couldn't walk that whole way. <laughs> it's a I was like, way. well, I have to be the one that walks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, no, I think it would be a good way to get everyone together yeah. and to raise a little bit of money for a really important cause. We talk about uh, physical health and mental health, yep. you know, going together and being a better thing. If you're in a group sometimes, um, it can be... Yeah, and I'm not saying these, they're bad things, um, you know, NA or AA or even just being in a, a, you know, if you're there for a people that have, you know, anxiety or depression. But sometimes sitting in a group can make you feel like you've got a wet rug on your shoulders. Yeah. If it's one-on-one -on -one therapy, I think that's quite different. But um, it's easier to talk and listen, I find. Uh, wouldn't you gentlemen say the same thing? If, you know, if you're out and about... Walking is a, a, a good yeah, way. I think, of I think with those things, you know, you need to you need to apply a kind of a, um, medium to longish term kind of approach as well. Like I know that um, you know with with some of the programs that that I've run over the years, you know, you you can't be you can't be too impatient and um, you know expect to impart a bit of wisdom or whatever or give people advice and. Have them say right from tomorrow morning. That's that's it. I'm going to change my life absolutely. You know, mm. people might sit around like you know. In our case, you know, I've run I don't know how many. You know, like um, sessions around the bush TV. You know, the fireplace, and you just chat. And some people will sit and listen. They won't say a word. Mm. And then they'll come up to you five years later, and they say, you know, mate, as a result of what was brought up around that discussion when we did X, Y, or Z, like might be a you know ten day expedition down the Franklin River or something. Um, I had a bit of a think and I did X, Y and Z and you won't have any idea that they've done it unless you kind of bump into them five years later. So, I mean, the danger is that a facilitator in that kind of environment, whether it's a day walk or an overnight stroll or, you know, camped in the bush somewhere if you're taking caving or something, you might think that the quiet, shy, withdrawn person who doesn't seem to be taking it in and you might think, oh, that was a bloody waste of time, mm. that person is just taking it in, processing the information and the advice at their own pace, in their own way, and, um, you know, in the fullness of time, will reflect on it privately mm. and maybe make some decisions, maybe not. But all I'm saying is you can't be too ambitious and eager up front. You know, mm. like you've got to allow those things to um, 
Great point. To just kind of take the time that it takes and not think, well, you know, nobody come up to me and signed a pledge on the Monday, so therefore it was all a big failure. Yeah. You know, you've just got to, um, you know, just kind of chat, give advice. And, 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 you know, even in the Army to this day, you know, when there's nobody fire involved, we still call it a fireside chat. Yeah. And it's just an open chat, as rank-free as you can possibly make it. That's where the adventure training environment's good. Yeah. And, um, you know... Uh, and, and just chat, not come across as someone, I've got all your advice, you just listen to me and your life will be perfect. You know, anyone right. that says that's a fool. When, when, you, when you say rank free, so everyone, we're, not, we're taking rank out of it and you, the adventure trading, no one's in charge yeah. of anyone. It's just, just regardless like, of who you are. Right? Just like if you're playing footy. Yeah, so okay. when I'm on the football, you know, so, oh, nice mark, sir, or, you know, yeah. can you please pass the ball to me, Captain? You know, it's just a nonsense. So yeah. in the adventure training environment, um, uh, you know, like, you, you just approach like the most senior officer and say, well, you know, what do you want to be called, boss skipper? And I'll say, oh, no, no, please, Mark, you know, it's yeah. Mark or, yeah. you know, it's Jennifer or something. And they say, it's oh, terrific. Right. And Some, then, you know, yeah. down, down to, so you might, ha- I might be running things where there's, uh, you know, a couple of brigadiers and a couple of baggy-ass privates and everybody's just on first name terms wow. or, or a nickname and that's the way it's got to be. And when you sit down in the debrief, you know, um, um, you don't bring your rank with you, you're just a... You're just a, you know, a person that's part of the group because what we find is like in really scary environments like, you know, white water or, you know, cross-country ski environments in bad storms or sea kayaking or, you know, abseiling and climbing and that sort of stuff, um, the environment doesn't respect your rank or who you are. You know, 300-metre cliff to 300-metre cliff whether you're a brigadier or a private soldier and it's the same with, uh, you know, groups at, groups, at, uh, groups at school level. You know, you've just... Uh, just a person that's in the group and you just chat and some people nod their head and take mm-hmm. it in and, and even those what I'm saying is even those that don't appear to will chew on it reflect on it and go oh you know what maybe there was something in that and it could be weeks months years later yeah some of us are sponges and you know some of us are expellers or like to spew out our toxic waste but some of us are, are much good at absorbing or listening if you like it's something that I've worked very hard on myself it's, it's a very good point you make in other words, another thing that you could do is with blue, when you go to the Three Sisters next time, you said it was really hard going down, just go down by rope. Yeah. Absail, head first. No. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the big cliff and it said, like, no abseiling and other people abseiling. Yeah, but a, they, make an, they make an exemption for blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ropeless abseiling is good fun, but it's the sort of thing you only get to do once. <laughs> <laughs> Bates, you want to add anything? I was sort of thinking um, about um, mental health and, um, you know, increasingly um, we're, we're starting... Mental health's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it, um, it, I had a very funny experience. I went to um, um, a mental institution. It was called Oakley Hospital. Mm. And um, they locked the doors um, and I was still chatting to this person um, and um, I couldn't get out. And the terror that sort of broke yes. out in me, and I rushed at the door. Um, it, was a, it was a wire sort of kind of fence, um, and I was shaking and saying, I'm not a patient, I'm not a patient. And, um, you know, a, a person walked past and said, Well, he's clearly a patient. <laughs> 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 and, I, and it was the most frightening sort of kind of moment. It, sort of mental health always conjured up for me a great fear of yeah. disintegration and falling apart and going mad. Um, so. I'm always looking for um, sort of other categories, other descriptions other than sort of mental health. Um, um, are you feeling well or not so well? You know what I mean? That, those sorts of kind of things. Um, but I think we, you know, we, 
we do, um, I think Zoe's sort of saying, let's have conversations about uh, are we okay or are we doing okay or not, or not so okay. Pull the judgments out of it or the need to actually throw a whole lot of res- um, a treatment sort of modalities at it and say, well, clearly something needs to happen here where we have a conversation and normalise that sometimes we're okay and sometimes we're not so okay. But what's important is that everybody's got an opportunity to be able to talk about that um, without the stigma attached to it. And I think increasingly we're starting to recognise that psychological health um, um, is as important as physical health and that we, we have to create as many opportunities as we can to actually sort of do that well. And, um, and are we getting better at it? Um, um, hopefully, um, you know, we are starting to move towards this kind of recognition um, that all of us actually have, uh, you know, have moments where we're not travelling that well. And when there is um, opportunities for that being attended to, um, you know, then then um, things can actually begin to change. So, um, you know, I'm excited that uh, Zoe, that you becoming a spokesperson for um, having these conversations. Trying. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and and you know, we're, we're, um, at one level, we're we're all trying. Yeah. And I, I love what Blue's saying is, you know, I don't like advice givers because advice givers is actually implying a judgment. You're doing it wrong. Therefore, take this advice and you're going to be okay. Yeah, that's not the way I do it. You're going to do it this way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, step back from all of that sort of stuff and, and include, uh, include all of us in a conversation um, so that there is a... Um, um, so you're not overwhelming the person, again, with a label of you're doing it wrong. Um, um, this feedback and this kind of fireside chat where we're actually in this egalitarian space so we're all in this together I think it's such a healing implicit in that sort of idea um, and um, we need to have more and more of that so that so that we're all all talking to each other and ha- how you're traveling mm-hmm. yeah um, I don't like the idea of being someone that's just giving advice either because like I'm not a professional I'm just talking based off my experience. Yeah, yeah. I have ways that work for me. People have ways that work for them. We all have, like, someone... I may have depression. Someone else may have depression. But we have our own, like, personal struggles. No one is going to mm. be the same. And so yes, all I can give them is, like, my personal experience. And I think that's... Like, that's one of the massive things that I took away from the clinic um, perspective. Like, that kind of digs into the whole um, everything's a mindset type of theory. Um, because you hear mm. other people's stories... And at first I was like, okay, there's nothing wrong with me. But then I slowly start to learn that everyone has their own struggles and you can't compare yourself to other people. Mm, All you can do is heal that you're literally not alone. You will never be alone in mental health because it's one of the world's biggest problems. Some people just hide it better. You know, I'm firmly Mm. of the belief that, you know, we all go through life giving off a profile. Like, you know, you, Zoe, you, you know, you give a different profile to your mother than you do when you may be out with your mates having a few drinks and that sort of stuff and on yeah. the sports field. So it's a matter of the, the face that you're showing to the world at any particular moment. But, yeah. you know, you might, you might be giving a, uh, you know, like a, you know, a coping I'm doing okay face, but in fact you're not, you know what I mean? And, and you're going yeah. through your life giving off these profiles that might signal you're okay. But I think that, that's why what you're doing is so important because at the end of the day, whilst we all agree, you're not sort of giving advice, I got through life doing that, so therefore... 
If you don't do that, you're an abject failure because you're not, you know, taking my advice. Mm. All you're doing is creating that opportunity for like a fireside chat or a discussion yeah. for people to then be themselves in and they'll take away bits that they want to take away and they'll reject bits that, like Bodhi says, may not be relevant for them. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like my daughter often tells me, she said, Dad, you know, language is critical, language is important, you know. When I was growing up, the language was, um, oh, you know, buddy, Jonesy's is a fruitcake. You know, he's slightly different. No, I'm serious. It was, you know, he didn't have to do much. You're an absolute bloody fruitcake, you know, like a, you know, a few bloody donkeys short of the top paddock, all that sort of stuff. And people weren't in, you know, um, institutions to get help or, you know, they were in the nut farm. And, you know, that was the language and it was labelled. And it's a bit like, um, I remember, you know, that, 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 that great comedian, um, Steady Eddie, you know, he had cerebral palsy. Yeah. Mm. And he said, that, you know, they'd go to these schools and they'd say, you're, you're just like everybody else. You're just the same as everybody else. And they'd walk out into this bus that had, you know, in letters about two feet high, spastic society. Mm. You, know, so you know how from point A to point B in a bus that clearly tells the world that we're in the bloody spastic society. Mm. You know what I mean? And language is just so important now. And now you've only got to look at um, the, the rates of people you think that are, you know, like um, millionaires in their own right with the contracts they're on. Look at the admitted mental health in the professional football field. Mm. You know, like regardless of the code, the environment is now such that... Um, you know, uh, professional athletes feel supported enough and the environment is conducive for them to say, you know what, I'm not travelling too well. And there wouldn't be a member of that team or the support staff or their families that would say, oh, I've always thought you are a bit of a bloody fruitcake, mate, you know, what's the matter with you? Now it's, okay, how can we get you through this? You know, like how much time do you need? What are we doing now with your, you know, um, life as a professional footballer or, you know, mm. could be anything, I'm just using the football as an example to, you know, get you through this uh, phase, you know, like this champion, um, you know, uh, Ruckman full forward for the Sydney Swans just took, you know, three months off for mental health reasons. You know, when I was playing football, if you ever said that, you know, I need some time off for mental health reasons, they instantly says, oh, I always thought that blue was a bit of a fruitcake. He's coming yeah. back at it. He's weak yeah. as piss. Get back out there, son. You know what I mean? So yeah. the yeah. language has changed, the environment's changed, and now it's very much... Um, Supportive, and what I really love, mate, is that you're 19 years old for Christ's sake, yeah. and you're going to help take people your age and others. I think you'll influence people three times your age, myself. And um, you know, it really pleases me as an old bastard that you're young enough and bright enough and smart enough and got the courage to help people through this um, uh, thing that we now know is so important in our lives, and you're going to be at the forefront of it. And it's just a really pleasing thing to see that, um, you know, the language will change, the environment's changed and you'll be part of that um, uh, push that helps, you know, make the world a saner, happier place, mate. I think just with that language thing as well, like I was at a workplace, I'm not going to name it, <laughs> but um, I did have like a really bad day and I was like, I just can't get out of bed, I can't go to work. And I called up and I felt like obliged to like explain why I didn't want to come in which was really difficult because I was like I'm just opening up to like my, a manager which is like a stranger to me um about what's going on in my head yeah. and the way she reacted just pissed me off she's mm. like mm, look like we're gonna need a medical certificate like she yeah. didn't believe me 
Mm. And that made me feel 10 times worse. So it's literally about mm. language. Like, that's the whole basis of communication. Mm. That's what mm. makes people feel alone or feel like they're loved and valued. Just like, go that's right above those people. That was a, a beautiful thing you said, Blue. Uh, it really was. Um, you know, to Zoe, it, it was... And you're spot on the mark, like you always are, um, about how she's going to influence people three times her age. Um, not just people her own age. You Thanks, know, guys. And you talked about, <laughs> you talked about, you know, we all have a front. I'm, I'm going to read a poem, actually, if it's all right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is this the one you wrote? This is one I wrote, actually, yeah. I'm a bit shy. I first wore my mask at the age of five. I felt scared and alone but it's how I survived. Like most, I kept things inside, but it was my anger that I had to hide. You see, I knew that it made others recognise that although I was only skin and bones, I had to use words to defend my pride. I'm all but a boy with a thin layer. It's all just a front to prevent my fears. Forty years gone, not much has changed, except now I'm proud of my tears. I was taught to keep myself tough, although my youth was pretty damn rough. I'd play the blame game and deflect my issues, but a man shouldn't cry nor use tissues. I couldn't relate, so I'd always self-medicate. And that often worked out, but now my mind can't sedate. I'm all but a boy with a thin layer. It's just a front to prevent my fears. Forty years on, not much has changed, except now I'm proud of my tears. Nothing rates more than the rarest of commodities than the raw truth of simple, plain honesty. Can I just say something about that? (laughs) Which I didn't tell you earlier. Um, The I'm proud of my tears part, Mm. I think that's really important for people Mm. to know because with mental health, like, you think you've... Like, my attitude earlier was I've been through so much stuff in my life and I'm way too young to have dealt with all this. But now the way I look at it is I've gotten through the roughest points and I'm proud of how far I've come. Like, I'm very proud. Um, and I'm an open book. Like, I tell everyone everything. Great so stuff. I'm not afraid to say that anymore. Um, and there's only up. Like, you can't get any worse than that. Yeah. Um, so being proud of your tears is... It like, is. I completely it... relate to that and I think it's really important. Yeah, you know, I wish I, I, I guess I wish I was able to do that at your age. Um, but, you know, I'm still very proud that I can do it at my age. Mm. These blokes that are, you know, Bodies and Blue's age um, that are just starting to learn that now. But I think it, it, it's a, as, as Blue said, the front or the mask, I call that the 40-year mask, I call that poem, um, it's easy for us to put on that mask. I often do what a psychiatrist once said to me was, you, you pat the dog, which is you're too busy making other people feel good about themselves and you don't even know what it's like to be kind to your own self. And, you know, he said that too. I guess I would have been 20. So I went through, I had a, um, it was every, it's sort of every seven years where I go through a real bad stage, you know. Um, and, it, and it's almost clockwork. But he said it to me, and I just, it didn't make any sense to me, you know, at the time. And it's probably only made sense to me in the last five, what am I, 45, when I was 38, 
So there you go. It was 12 years or so later that I actually made sense. But like, you know, from talking to Bodes and, and, and Blue and, and Gary um, and other guys that are part of the team, Catherine Ams, um, it's never too late um, to, to change. I, I think you coming forward today and saying that you're an open book, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It, it is such a beautiful, self-empowering thing. And there's not someone, there's not anyone that's come on the show that shared their story such as yourself that hasn't walked away feeling worse off for it. Mm. Um, and it's, it's huge of you to do this. So thanks, Zoe. Sorry, in high school, I was completely different. Like, I was so closed off. And then when I actually went into the real world, I kind of learned that if people don't accept you for who you are, toxic, get rid of them. <laughs> it's kind of like they, you think, they say, you know, this is the best... Ta- you said that in, in your little bio, that this is meant to be the best days of your life, right? I really hope And not. then you go into the big bad world. But it's been the opposite for you, really. Yeah. School was harder than actually going into the big bad world because there was a lot more people. There was a lot more, less judgment from what I'm gathering. And you were trapped. Like, my parents used to say to me, like, if people are being mean to you, just avoid them. You can't. Yeah. You walk past them in the hallway. Like, it's a lot easier said than done. That's why I had to move schools because I just couldn't handle that anymore. Yeah. But then, like, in the real world, you get to choose who you surround yourself with yeah. because there's such a big open environment. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Boys? I just want to say, uh, Brad, <coughs> what you're demonstrating um, in a men's mental health show and inviting Zoe as a 19-year-old young woman um, who's exploring her story and who also her resilience. Showing us how it's done. Yeah, it's just great. I mean, we're breaking down all the boundaries. We're yeah. breaking down all the, um, you know, the ideas of, of separations and um, this is my space and you can't come into this space and, and you're doing it. So a shout out to you, bro. Hey, man, you know? thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, it's, uh, it's part of your openness to um, bringing everybody, uh, all walks of life into this space and saying um, it's not just a men's, men's mental health show. Yeah. This is, yeah. We're talking about something that is, touches all of us uh, on so many levels and mm. all walks of life. Come in and tell us your story. Thank yeah? you. You're opening up yeah. um, to, uh, so, to something uh, very... Um, Exciting um, and uh, all power to your opening uh, and all power Zoe to yours. And, yeah. and, um, and I'm, I'm just amazed at how blue, you, you know, just how good he's become over under my guidance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you say that, Bodie. I, I, when you said that, you know, you went to an institution and somebody locked you in, you couldn't get out. I've been trying to work out for 20 years who that person was that let you out. I need to talk to him. <laughs> so, I think uh, going back to. Okay, Johnny, just hang on. <laughs> um, I'm going back to what you said, Boats. First of all, that means a lot to me. It does, and I take that to heart. I take everything to heart, and you know that. Um, you know, uh, and we do call it the men's mental health show. But isn't it funny that nine out of ten people that write in during the show are women? Mm-hmm. Isn't that strange? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we've had so many guys come on and, and have been happy to open up. But the women there have all the ones that ride in and say, can you ask this for me? Or, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Because when you look at um, if men's mental health goes wrong, who pays the price for that? Yeah. Yeah. That shouldn't be a surprise yeah. to anyone. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. amen to that, mm. you know. Um, yeah. All right. Let's just go to... Uh, 
another quick break and we'll finish up here for the day. Um, you're on the Men's Mental Health Show. Blue Mountain Motel at Wentworth Falls is well worth booking into. We have a licensed bar, a restaurant, a function hall and a well-stocked games room and cater for locals or to guests from further afield. Whether you need singles, doubles, family bookings or before travelling on to simply freshen up with our four-hour stayover, let us make your stay one you'll want to repeat. Or why not stay for a spell, breathe the clean mountain air, swim in our lake and waterfalls or hike the renowned nature walks. From galleries to golf, there's plenty to do. Whether you're coming from the east or from the west, we're right on the corner of Great Western Highway and Old Bathurst Road at Wentworth Falls. So we're easy to find, that's for sure. Please contact us through www.bluemountainmotel.com.au, our Facebook page, or phone 0413 094 728. Are you with the Men's Mental Health Show? Um, Now, before we go any further... I was reminded that my very good mate has a birthday today, Matty T. Matt Tonks, of course, a member of the Men's Mental Health Show, um, and he's also uh, made an announcement. He might come back for a show and play some guitar for us, which would be just amazing. It would be amazing. I think we'll, we, we might save that up. I'm trying to get a chap that comes on. I think he's involved in the Indigenous community here called David King, um, who I'd love to have involved. So it'll be great if we get that. That'll be a great show if we can have all of that together. Um, I want to say a big thanks, of course, uh, to my uh, usual guest, uh, Blue. Thanks, mate. It's been a, an absolute pleasure having you here once again. Let's get you back on in a week or two or three or whenever. Uh, Bodes, as always, mate, um, your input, uh, your, your knowledge, wisdom, it's, uh, it's as sound as it gets, mate. I appreciate it greatly. And, of course, you can contact uh, Bodie on 0424 416 And we'll pop that up on both my page and um, uh, the Men's Mental Health Facebook page. Um, of course, Bodie's in Wentworth Falls. Um, and, and also, too, there's uh, from the Hawkesbury area, don't forget uh, to get in touch with Catherine Jean, um, who's a naturopath if you need uh, anything in that sort of area. Zoe, it's been just absolutely wonderful to have you here. We've got a buzz. It might be that microphone, Lee. Can you just tap that for me? I think for some... The back of it. Yes, it's gone. That's it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's been wonderful. Thank you for making the trip up the hill. It's all right. Thank um, you for having me. I really appreciate it. And it was really nice meeting you guys as well. Your perspectives were a bit different to what I'm used to. Yeah. <laughs> You've been something else. And if um, you or anyone you know would like to be a part of the show, um, of course, uh, you can always call me on 0424. Uh, 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 sorry, I beg your pardon. What am I doing? 0404 077. Triple six. Triple six. Blue's come over and... It, no, it's, it works out. It don't. It's soap. These are hand sanitizer thing, but it's actually soap. It's not... It's, um, it's a pain in the bum. So, all right. Uh, Zoe, I'll, we'll get this podcast up, man. If you can... Of course, with anyone and everyone that's heard this show, um, the podcast will be up on Podbean, Mixcloud. There's a few other platforms. A big thanks to Claire for setting all of that up for me. It's very much appreciated and everyone else's support. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.